Welcome back to episode 52 of the Hockey House podcast presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside tonight by Colin Fitzgerald, Stephen Gluck, and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news in non-NCAA college hockey here in the U.S. Teams pretty much back into full swing at this point as the second semester gets kicked off. Guys are getting acclimated back to classes and we're seeing more and more game results and, and almost everybody is resuming play again, you know, all test results aside and, and good weather aside hopefully everyone's playing again i know a lot of cancellations again this past weekend syracuse was a victim of one of those big snowstorm in the area i want to say it was it was most of the the great lakes region that got hit pretty badly with some snow and, and some lake effect snow and so our second game against niagara ended up getting canceled good news though the, the boys spent it uh on the ponds all day before the snow kicked in and we got some awesome shots from that it was actually like as a kid growing up in New Hampshire like I've been playing pond hockey my whole life it was one of like the most surreal places I've ever played pond hockey like the scenery it was glass like we could basically skate for hours and and we really did until the sun went down we had a blast Fitz how are you staying busy in Binghamton had an eventful weekend wish I could say I just played some pond hockey I I feel like I'm back in the ACHA with these these buses breaking down on me boys uh we had a home and home with Danbury we had to get back after we we played at their place Saturday and we're it's only like a I don't know about a three hour drive to Binghamton to Danbury so we're coming back we're like an hour in bus driver says that the brakes aren't working it's like oh nice that that's good so he pulls over at a rest stop and we ended up sleeping the night on the bus the rest stop there because the brakes froze the next day we had a game against Watertown at three o'clock uh they show up at like I don't know 10 o'clock and they're they're using like one of those heating torpedoes to try and heat the brakes I was just ready for the bus to explode it, it, it was an absolute mess we finally get back to Binghamton to play Watertown we get back with like an hour before we have to be on the ice we lose again to them and I get a separated shoulder on my first shift so not a good weekend I got an x-ray today and they just said it's you know AC joint separated but if you want to play through it you can play through so like any rational hockey player i'm gonna play through it well there we go i mean yeah like i said pond hockey was a lot of fun i, I can't imagine being stuck at a rest stop and, and doing that i will say fits though I, I did get a couple comments from some people they love the the fed updates because i think it's just a really unique perspective like a lot of guys in the acha joke about someday going and playing in the fed and, and you really you offer a really fun perspective on that so we'll we'll keep enjoying the fed updates glick how, how was your weekend definitely not as eventful as either of you your guys weekend uh we didn't have any games but i did get a chance to go up to the poconos and do some skiing with some friends and family so overall pretty decent weekend but excited to get some games in this coming weekend and herm you had an eventful weekend as well you're going back to athens and watch the bobcats take on stony brook uh how was your weekend tough results in terms of the score but in terms of seeing friends that i haven't seen in person in two years now uh was an incredible weekend getting the chance to really take what I've learned since I've left bird and apply it in terms of a photography lens pun intended was really really fun and so I, I feel like now is a really good chance to jump into it but a former guest of the show and, and friend of the program he supported us pretty much from day one when you hopped on with us the Bobcats honored Jake in what I believe was his final game at bird Yeah, so Jake took a new job in Cleveland with the Cuyahoga Public Library System. Jake had been working with the Bobcats for 15 seasons. I had the honor and privilege of doing the PA read for him before the game. Had to physically jump around to get my nerves calm because I was afraid that I was going to mess it up in front of all of Bird. uh, And I didn't want to let Jake down. But it was a really, really special weekend to be there for him. And I'm so glad that I got to, to see him sent off in style yeah if you haven't already listened to that episode that when we had jake on he offers a really unique perspective on everything he's seen as a a pa announcer at at bird arena for the past 15 years and that's episode 30 if if you want to check it out that was when we also introduced herm onto the show i also have to give big shout outs to morgan Samonski and jessica butterly morgan for graciously hosting me for the weekend and jessica for being wonderful per usual and seeing her run the show now is a real treat Bad news for the Bobcats. They got swept by Stony Brook. Good news is they're having ACHA Zamboni problems again, and it wasn't the Olympia at Bird. I guess you could say the Zamboni was a little too fired up for this weekend's matchup against Louisville because it 
quite frankly, exploded. I I saw, I mean, Bar Down was posting it. I think Hey Barber posted it. Everyone was posting this video and it, it is from Lexington, Kentucky at the Lexington Ice Center, home of the Kentucky Wildcats, ACHA men's two team. Public skate going on and just, I believe, a, a gas leak or something. It caused the Zamboni to literally explode and it was all caught on film. And luckily, nobody was hurt. That rink cannot catch a break. Like in the past calendar year, they have not only had a fire at the rink, but they have a Zam blow up. But I think my favorite part of the video itself was the dude who saw the explosion, but just like kept on skating like full NPC in a video game type deal was like not my problem type thing. I paid for this public skate time and I'm going to get the most of it as there's like a ball of flames going on behind the glass. It's great stuff. And you mentioned like all the problems that they've had in the last calendar year. And I know it is Fitz can attest to this. It is very, it's not the nicest place to play. And it is a terrible environment to go into as a visiting player. The guys love it on the Kentucky team, but that's kind of a place where like if they stepped up and built like a new rink there and, and, you know, could have a state of the art locker room, like they already do, like that would be a a destination to play. I, I really think it's kind of like a, I would say an Arizona state situation where, you know, once, once the sun devils move on from Oceanside arena and they have a full blown rink to themselves, like it's going to be something pretty special. I could see, you know, if Kentucky, you know, I don't really know where, where they'd get the money from, but that would be a, a really cool place if they could get like, you know, in a thousand seat arena, you know, with Kentucky blue bleachers. They've got an endowment of $1.4 billion. I, th- I think they're not really hurting for the money right now. So it's just a matter of finding it and make sure it go, making sure it goes to the right place. Well, the best is uh, we launched part three of the series with everything college hockey. I'm sure many of you have been following along, but it's like, what if power five conferences added varsity hockey and the comment sections are just wild because it's like all these people who like have no idea about college hockey they're just kind of fans of of college football and they see them and they're like well like this school would have to do this and this and this to add hockey like there's no way it would it would happen and i mean the the likelihood of all the power five conferences getting hockey programs is very unlikely but it's fun to dream about and it it gets people so fired up thinking about like what these schools would do but i think kentucky is one of those schools where definitely on the on the lookout in terms of could use an, an upgrade for their home rink and you know with everything they've gone through in the past year I'm, I'm sure they they're waiting for one although they if they did get a new rink they should keep the mural that they have on behind the benches right Fitz that's a pretty good piece of artwork yeah and they got to keep the intro show too they had like fire and smoke when we came there it's pretty sick yeah and they're one of those places that has like the live train horn too I think so we'll get to it in a little bit towards the end of the show but that is definitely a game that we're going to keep an eye on this weekend when Louisville and Kentucky do a home and home this weekend in terms of talking points this weekend as i mentioned lots of pond hockey was very fortunate enough it's kind of that time of the year where without classes going on we're trying to find ways to stay busy like i said we're lucky enough to have the opportunity to play pond hockey uh the next day we spent the the day going downtown to the syracuse crunch we were supposed to go to see a game as a team but covid canceled the crunch game that night and so it was rescheduled for martin luther king day so we spent the day there of course the guys went on the ice in between periods and did the bubble soccer and just kick the crap out of each other for three minutes. They drop the soccer ball at at center ice. It's two on two. And they go, all right, first to three. And right away, it was like, there is no way anyone is scoring three goals. Like, you got Vinny Barone out there just running around trying to kill people. I I think they ended up, it was either a tie or somebody won two to one, but they had to rush him off the ice. But all in all, that that was good. And and really kind of dreading starting classes again, because it's so much, I kind of feel like Fitzy being a pro hockey player here. I just have to wake up and hang out with the guys and then, and go to the rink. It's the life Murph. It's the life. Are your classes at least in person or you're going to have to start with online? Classes are in person as of right now. So fingers crossed that goes, but like, like we mentioned, like so many places, are battling right now with with everything that's going on and fortunate enough to at least be on campus right now so had, had a lot of exciting games i know a, a lot of them came out of colorado this weekend uh one that stood out to me in, in that colorado tournament was nau had a really good trip uh they ended up beating oregon six to nothing so shout out to the guys at, at nau uh we also had some outdoor hockey in detroit that was a success i saw some really good pictures um central michigan was there another team that stood out is loyola marymount 
they wore reverse retro jerseys. So I know a lot of teams were trying to come up with designs when the NHL did reverse retros and they actually took a photo. I believe it was from the 50s or 60s and then they did a reverse retro for that game. So that was really cool to see. Nice when teams do these tournaments. I think it's a really good opportunity for all the teams to get together. You travel to a neutral site and you play a bunch of games against teams you wouldn't normally play against. Moving over to the Division One side, uh, we had a 12-round shootout on Friday night. Colorado beat Missouri State. Uh, a little bit of an upset there. They beat them in a 12-round shootout. Missouri State got the last laugh, though, and got the split the next night, but some really good footage from that one. I, I've never been in a shootout that long. I think the longest we've ever gone since I've been at Cuse in a shootout was maybe three or, I mean, definitely three, maybe four or five, but I can't remember anything going longer than that. 12-round shootout is nuts. Also, actually, we missed a point. Coming out of Colorado, uh, we had a nine-point weekend for Mackenzie Miller of Air Force. Uh, he tallied five goals and four assists, which gives him 65 is it 65 points, 65 points in 20 games on the season. So definitely keep an eye out on Mackenzie Miller, number 96 for Air Force. He is putting up video game numbers this season. Crazy. I mean, we, we're trying to look up his stats. We don't know what the story is. If he's recruited growing up or maybe he just wants to join the Air Force and he's putting up incredible stats while doing so. So shout out to Mackenzie Miller for that. Other than that, kind of a, a quiet week as things kind of get start to wind down towards the season. Teams are kicking off and, and now they're kind of gearing up for playoffs and and even some teams gearing up for nationals now that they're they're ranked high enough in this late in the year. But good to see some good old fashioned Twitter beef this week. The first example we saw was in our, in our game of the week or one of the games we had to watch was uh, South Carolina traveling down to Embry Riddle. Their Twitter accounts got into it during the two game series. It was a split on the ice. Lots of trolling back and forth. Cock hockey does not back down for a fight. ERAU kind of I don't know I don't I don't want to choose a side here but definitely like cock hockey known team well known for getting under the skin of the other the opposing team's Twitter accounts and they definitely did that this weekend two more teams battling out on Twitter this is the second of three times we'll probably mention these guys on the podcast this week but Louisville poked the bear I'd say and they tweeted some photos of the last time that they beat Kentucky uh, which I guess the last four times they've met Louisville has only won one of those games. So Kentucky called them out for only posting photos from the wins. Louisville responded by saying something about Kentucky being really easy to get into. Then Kentucky responded with a picture of the Louisville coach playing for Kentucky back in the day. And that kind of silenced that Twitter fight. I think it was Bob DeGemis from the University Hockey Report was saying that he loves when teams get into it on Twitter because it generates more attention for both programs. But really looking forward to that game. Those two games down in Kentucky between the Cardinals and the Wildcats. And as we get closer to our interview here just want to remind you that our new partner OptumX sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website the best part your first year is free so be sure to check them out using the link in our bio and if you're interested in signing up be sure to use our referral code at optumxsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod old dominion was the latest team to sign up happy for them like we mentioned on the last episode if you weren't here optimex is our new presenting sponsor of the show and they do a really good job if your team is looking to kind of build their brand online a couple of tech engineers who really know what they're doing and they play in the acha so they understand how it works they know exactly what you're looking for in your website and how to make it look as professional as possible so be sure to check them out that's optimex sports Com. Great guest this week. We talked to Brennan Martin from Central Michigan University. One of the first guys we've had on the show who had the opportunity to represent the ACHA overseas. Uh, so he was able to talk about his career at Central Michigan and what it was like teaming up with some ACHA All-Stars and heading across the pond and taking on the Russians and who doesn't love a couple of college kids going over and playing the Russians. It's a story that that hits home every single time. And so we had a great time talking to him and we're going to turn it over to the interview with Brennan Martin right now. We're pleased to be joined by a guy who has spent the last six seasons playing for Central Michigan's ACHA Division Three team. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Brennan Martin. Brennan, welcome to the Hockey House. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Right to the point here. Last six years at Central Michigan. I mean, are you a Michigan? Do you have residency there at this point? I know you're from Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I, I might as well. It's uh, It's been a crazy six years. I don't know. Time time flies by for sure. I didn't think I'd be staying in school that long, but, um, you know, switched my major up and kind of had to go through a different route. So kind of 
you know, spaced it out a little bit and then COVID hit and got an extra year. So I said, Hey, why not? Perfect. We'll, we'll dive into it uh, in a little bit here, but just tell us, kind of walk us through how the central Michigan season has been going so far. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been going good. We, we started out really strong, which was something that, you know, we hadn't been able to do in the past. So I was, I was happy to see that we took our uh, off season conditioning a little bit more serious this year. And uh, so we started off really well, hit, hit a little bit of a rough track. We had some weekends open up due to, you know, we had Northwood, they ended up folding, which was which was a little heartbreaker for us because that was our closest roadie, only about 25, 30 minutes from campus. So that was a little tough. And then we were supposed to play RMU a couple weeks later and they ended up getting COVID so they couldn't make the trip out to us. Besides that, you know, I've been been really pleased with how our boys have been playing. Now, did you guys get to do anything special on those weekends? Because I know, like, you know, from experience, if, if you're planning on going somewhere for a weekend and then the boys get a free weekend, it's it's easy to, you know, take advantage of that. How are the boys staying busy? Yeah, so uh, the first weekend that we had off, we actually had a home football game. So it was kind of nice. We kind of got to go out and tailgate. That's not something that we really get to do that much. So that was pretty cool. And then the next weekend, I actually traveled down to University of Cincinnati and watched them play Temple, which was pretty cool. We have a teammate on the on our team whose cousin plays or doesn't play, but he goes to school down there. So we went down there and stayed with him for the weekend. So it was pretty cool to see a top five team play. We all love playing hockey, but when you get that unexpected off weekend, it's nice to take advantage of those. So kind of walk us through how you ended up at Central Michigan. I know you grew up playing hockey in Michigan, but walk us through what your youth career was like and what led you to choosing Central Michigan. Pretty much just played double A hockey growing up. It's kind of funny. I'd go to triple A tryouts every year, could never make the team, would always you know, kind of make it to the last round and end up getting cut. So just kind of bounced around double A teams around the Metro Detroit area. And then uh, I went and played three years of high school hockey at Novi. H- had a great time, you know, while I was there. And um, there was a few kids from Novi that had gone on and played at Central. So I kind of had known a little bit about the hockey program, but not too much. And then uh, to add on to it, my older brother actually went to Central. He was in the marching band there. So I got to go to a lot of the games growing up and kind of just fell in love with the school, honestly. And I guess you can say the, the rest is history for those people who, who haven't been able to experience what's it like playing high school hockey in michigan it's actually really competitive once you hit the high school stage for for most youth players in michigan you kind of choose triple a or, or high school hockey and uh, novi had just gotten off a state championship win about two years before i came in so they had a really good program going their coach was todd krieger who actually just got called up yesterday and coached the the wings because they had some coaches out with COVID. So that was that was pretty cool. But in the Metro Detroit area, really competitive. You got kids that are leaving AAA hockey. Even some kids that left and went and played juniors, things didn't work out. So they came back, played for their high school team. But, you know, I honestly wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, it was it was a great experience being able to play in front of your friends and stuff. So. Yeah, I loved it. And then so once it got to Central, what, what was kind of your welcome to the ACHA moment? What was your first introduction where you're like, oh, oh boy, I'm in for a wild ride here in the ACHA? Yeah, I've actually been thinking about that, listening to some of the other uh, interviews you guys have done. And honestly, I came in as an 18-year-old, and I'd say the average age was probably about 22, 23. So I got my welcome to the Acha moment from my team pretty early on in the practices. You know, a lot of these guys would come up and, you know, they, they'd be pretty rough with me during practice and kind of kind of pick on me a little bit. But during a game, man, I can, I think we were playing Lawrence Tech. I think it was probably about a month into the semester, my first semester. And I just got blown up by this guy. Just, you know, I'd never been hit like that before in my entire life. And I can remember getting on the bench and all these old guys are like, oh, you know, first you are right. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, well, welcome to the odds. It only, it only gets better there. So definitely a wake up call. But I think playing on a team with a lot of older guys really helped shape me into, you know, getting into the game better. Yeah, just we, we kind of glossed over it in in your career growing up but looking at your instagram you got a p- lot of pictures of playing roller hockey how uh how much roller hockey have you played in your lifetime yeah i actually started out playing roller hockey um i played roller hockey probably from the age that i was two um and then i started playing ice hockey when i was about five six i i love the game of roller hockey um i think it's great for your hands definitely your patience with the puck it's a little bit different of a style but you know i still play it today I'll, you know, usually over the summer, I actually got a team together. We played in that Spit and Chicklets Cup in Detroit, and that was a blast. It was, it was great being outside and playing. So probably, probably my favorite sport, honestly, to play outside of ice hockey. It keeps you in the game. And all the other kids were going out and playing baseball or golf in the summer. I was 
traveling around the, the country playing roller hockey. So I enjoyed it, though. Any takeaways from the Chicklets Cup? The biggest thing is I think they were just such down-to-earth people, you know. Paul Bissonnette and Ryan Whitney and these guys, you know, they had decent NHL careers. And it's like, man, you, you would you would honestly, you'd never be able to tell. So I they, they were very kind to us. You know, they just kind of like to, to shoot the shit with you. All right, we'll dive back into a little more of the Central talk. I'll throw it over to Fitz here. I totally agree. Roller guys always have the nastiest hands. So never seen you play, but you probably got some filthy mitts. So yeah, diving back into the Central Michigan talk, what made you come back for your sixth season at Central Michigan? Well, you know, I I was kind of debating if I wanted to come back or not. I had one semester left. So, you know, I was thinking maybe I'd stay at home, just finish it out online. But then, you know, I kind of, kind of realized that I, I love the love the team, love the program. It's you know definitely changed my life. It got me my degrees. I'll say outside of my my parents. So I think it was just you know kind of being being a leader on the team for so long. I think this is my fourth season wearing the C. So it's definitely been definitely been a while. It's kind of been a heartfelt thing, and we brought a lot of our core guys back. So I thought maybe I could get one more chance at a run. We've made it to the nationals. Three out of the five years that I've been on the team so far, and we haven't been able to get over that hump yet. So hopefully uh, this year we can finally do it. So Central Michigan has two teams, a Division Two ACHA and a Division Three ACHA team. Tell us a little bit about how that dynamic works. Yeah, so the the D two team wasn't they didn't have that big of a presence my freshman year. Um, you know they just kind of had problems getting some numbers out and finishing their season and everything. So we didn't really collab with them too much. Um, and just about probably last year, they finally got a new coach. I think he came from Texas A&M or Texas Tech. So he moved the family up and he's, he's changed the program around a lot. You know, we, we like to support each other and definitely try and, you know, hope, hope that the teams do well and win. You know, they're, they're a young team this year. I think they got you know, probably over 10, 11 freshmen. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see where, where they kind of take the program here heading into the future. I know it's interesting in, in the ACHA because I think a lot of the teams kind of pick their division based on location. I know there's a lot of teams in that Michigan area in Division Three ACHA. How does that dynamic work? Are more guys going to Central and then you know choosing to play on the D3 team, or is there a big tryout? How does that work? We actually have two different tryouts. D2 team does their thing. D3 team, we, we do our thing. Biggest thing, I, I would say, is like like you said, the travel. I know, you know most of the teams that we play are in the state of Michigan. We'll, we'll take a road trip to Florida Gulf Coast. We're going there here at uh, January. Most, you know, most of the D2 teams in Michigan, you know, a lot of the same schools have D3 teams, but then, you know, they got to travel out to Denison or they'll, they'll go to Chicago a couple weekends. So they're definitely on the road a lot more than us taking, you know, staying in hotels or whatnot. But I think, I think the biggest thing is the the commit D3 team. You know, we, we, we try and play close to 30 games a year. We're practicing three times a week. We start week before classes starts so right at the end of August. And I know nationals is a little bit earlier this year. It's like middle of March. So we pretty much like to go right up to it. And then uh, we'll have like prospect skates probably once a month, twice a month. Most of those are in Michigan. Most of the guys on our team are either from the Detroit area or the Grand Rapids area. I think we have one kid from Chicago and then a couple kids from up north area in Michigan. So it's pretty much all Michigan guys. You know, it's, it's been a blast. Speaking on the on the subject of Division Three and the amount of teams in Michigan, I know last year you guys were fortunate enough to play some games, and then for a while there was talk about how there wasn't going to be a Division Three national tournament. What was kind of the feeling in the lot? Well, first, I guess, talk us through what it was like getting back to playing during COVID, and then what was it like when you finally got the green light that there was going to be a national tournament? Yeah, so we, let's see, at the beginning of the year, school wasn't allowing us to play, so a lot of guys kind of had to travel and go train or you know, try and just find some ways to get on the ice. I'd know I'd come back home to Novi and go to a couple drop-ins just, just to kind of stay in ice form shape. But we really, we really got on our school about, you know, allowing us to play because we thought we had a really good team. You know, we, we were bouncing off a national tournament uh, appearance in Dallas that got canceled. So we were feeling pretty confident going into the year and it was kind of a damper to us when our, when our school didn't let us play. So it was myself and two other members on the board. It was Austin Whaley and Charlie Hayes. We kind of got together and said, hey, I think, you know, I think we can, get something out of the school here so we made a couple presentations for the administration club sports uh we'd be talking to them weekly from about right end of september till beginning of march when they allowed us to play when we finally got the green light to play that was that meant everything to us because you know it felt felt good that we were able to speak passionately about our team and you know the school thought highly of us that we could get in and we had to agree to we got tested like twice a week. If anyone tested positive, most likely we were going to be shut down. 
Um, but luckily no, no one ever tested positive. That was a nice thing to have. And then I think we got, we got, we only got seven games in three of them were against Michigan. Then we had a weekend against Trine and Northwood finally got into the national tournament. We were pumped up, boom, all of a sudden you hear, maybe it's not happening. And I was talking to a couple other coaches in the league and they were saying, you know, we're going to try and get something going here. Luckily enough, we were able to get the tournament in Grand Rapids. So it was only about an hour and a half from Mount Pleasant, which was nice. I mean, it was, it was everything to the guys. We had two of them, Brendan Nelson and, uh, his Dalton Sutherland too. Yeah, they, you know, that was their last run at it. So it was kind of nice that we were able to go and do it. We didn't, we didn't have the showing that we wished we would have, but you no, know, that's what this year's for. Hopefully we can bounce back. I was just going to say, I, I chose the wrong school because when we got shut down my last year for COVID, I tried to talk to the Dean and just got completely just told to take a hike. So I think that's pretty funny that uh, they actually listened to you guys at Central Michigan there. It's actually pretty funny because they, to be honest with you, they, they really didn't listen to us at first. You know, they were just kind of like, it's great. You know, you guys are coming out and trying to, you know, get some support from us for your team, but we're, we're, we're laying the hand down. We're not going to let you play. We, we pretty much just didn't, didn't take no for an answer. And we, we kept staying on them and nagging them and annoying them. And finally it just kind of, kind of paid off. And we were all shocked, honestly. Because the we were the only club sport team that was allowed to play. Other teams had tried; they they didn't work for him. But I think it was just the the persistence we had. And you know, I think I sent an email to our president probably once, twice a week for six, seven months. And you know, it got to the point where he was like, "All right, you you, you got to stop emailing me, man. It's not going to work out." And so I went to a different administrator, and uh, it was it was able to get going through him. So we we were happy. So I was scrolling through your guys' Instagram. I see at the beginning of 2020, you guys won the Vesna Cup against Hope College. Tell us a little bit about that. Because when I hear Vesna, I think of, you know, the trophy that's given the best goal in the NHL. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a crazy run because we, we were struggling pretty early in that year. And, you know, we had gotten beaten pretty well by Hope. Hope's probably our biggest rival. We go back to my first national tournament appearance, which was in Columbus back in 2018. And we thought we had a really good team back then. And we had beaten Hope during the year and then lost to him in the semifinal. So it kind of sparked a little bit of a rivalry for us. And, you know, most of those kids are from the west side of Michigan. We got some guys from the west side. So there's always a little bit of personal for personal vendetta on that team whenever we play them. But, man, that run was, it it was amazing, honestly. We we, we, we were the number nine seats. We were going to the regional tournament. Hope was, I think they were the number two seats. They they already had that auto bit to nationals. We were at Hope's place, which is probably one of the the hardest drinks to go in and actually win a game. I just remember, I think we we went up two to one, and then there was four seconds left, and they scored a goal. We were going to go to overtime, and then the refs called the goal off because it was a high stick, and that was just the best feeling in the world. Being able to go in there and get a win against them when they had so much success on us prior it was uh it was amazing um one of the unique things i think we, we can dive into it right now you are the first guest we've had on that has gotten to wear the red white and blue and represent the acha on the international level kind of walk us through that process at what point were you told that you were going to be a part of this team how does that process of being selected work and, and what was it like going overseas yeah, so let's see. We'll start off with the uh, All-Star Tournament in Philly. We got picked to go represent the Michigan Collegiate Hockey Conference there. And I think that that was kind of like a tryout for the team. I think there was probably eight different conferences that were there, over over 100 players. So, you know, you really kind of had to go and, go and show off. And I think it was nice that Don Headley, who's Michigan State's D3 coach, he was the head coach of that team. So he'd already seen me play about four times during the year. And uh, see, I got the call end of April from him and you know he just said hey what, what do you think about going to Russia and I had really never traveled the world before but Russia's uh, that, that's a place that you don't really get to go to <laughs> all the time so I had to take it and uh, it, it was it was an amazing experience I mean, it, we, we were treated like NHLers over there you, you didn't you didn't feel like you were in the Acha but you know it's just a bunch of Acha guys going over there and we we had a blast too I mean I can remember I think we we had like a 12 13 hour layover in Moscow from New York. We got a nice tour of the city that was sponsored by the the Russian state. It was awesome. We got to go to the Red Square. And then, I mean, the tournament was, it was just amazing. You're playing against a lot. It was mostly college kids, some some semi-pro guys, but I mean, you're playing in front of 3,500 fans, 4,000 fans every day. They, they shut the city down for it. We were in a city called Krasnoyarsk. So it was about a seven hour flight from Moscow. I think we were 11 hours ahead over there from here in Michigan. So that was, that took a little bit of adjusting. I think we got there and we had like two days rest. We could get adjusted to the time difference. That we would practice in the morning and then have a game at night or have a game at 
in a kind of game in the morning and then you'd have the rest of your day off. Couldn't really, couldn't really do too much. We pretty much had to stay in your little campus the whole time, but there was a couple of restaurants that were about a block away that we would go to uh, kind of get some, have like some team dinners together. So, I mean, it was, it was amazing. I hope that anyone that gets the chance to do that definitely takes it because you don't get to represent your country like that often, let alone the Acha. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. That team is, is, you got guys from all over the league and, and divisions. Who are some characters on that team? Maybe some, like, who are some of the better guys? Who are some of the leaders on that team? If you could drop their names. Yeah, well, I would say definitely our, our captains were was Austin Rothy, who he played at Michigan State. Steven Roberts, he was on, he was at Saginaw Valley State. Brian Austin Falconer, he played for Air Force. He was, he was a great player. I think he, he dropped down from their NCAA team. So I mean, some characters though, let's see, Cam Smith played at George Mason. Um, he was he was a character. I know he had some games in the U show and played a couple of years in the Null. So he had some pretty cool stories to tell. That was kind of like the the clown of the team. And that now, gosh, Nick Gowell. He played at Michigan. That was he, he was a clown too. Guy Suier, Saginaw Valley. I mean, the, the list goes on. It was it was a great it was a great team overall. And all the guys mixed really well. We only had I think we had a training camp about a month before in Albany. So we, we got to meet each other a little bit then, and then we had an exhibition game the night before we flew out to Moscow. We were playing NYU's D1 team at Chelsea Pier, downtown in NYC. I mean, that, that was just a crazy experience. I know you guys have talked about that rink before a couple times. Man, you, you just, it, the ceiling was so low, and then you could turn around and see the pier right there. So it was awesome. I had never, I'd never been to NYC before. We, we got like a police escort through downtown we thought we thought we were hot shots it was awesome hey get ready for russia go play in chelsea piers i, I love that yeah exactly no but i mean police escorts and getting tours of, of of the city by the the state the russian state i mean that that's awesome i mean nothing better than the instagram pictures you get from it right oh yeah i mean that that was the best part being able to kind of post on instagram and facebook for my my family back home in detroit to see that you know one, one of their family members is in moscow right now and that was it was it was like a dream honestly i mean i, I fell asleep on the plane and then i woke up and i was in moscow so it was something out of a movie now is that like a tournament that happens over there or you like go through a pool play and like a whole thing or is it just like a set amount of games that you play and that's that yeah so it's a it was like a tournament setting like we had we had three pool games. We played Florida Gulf Coast D2 team. They, they were fresh off a national championship, so they sent some guys over. And then we played a team from the Czech. They were called UMB. I think they might have won. They might have won the whole thing. They they beat us pretty good. That, that was a tough game. And then we had uh we had we had a game against one of the Russian teams too. So I think we we went one and two over there. We won one game in a shootout, which was which was pretty cool over there. But being able to hear your national anthem played after, it was, uh, it, it was awesome. Wait, did you say Florida Gulf Coast had a team in the tournament? Yeah, so we, we were actually surprised about that too. I, I think they had won the national championship the year before, and it was called the Student Hockey Challenge. I'm not sure how they got over there, but they only had about 18, 19 guys. They didn't send their whole team. I think they brought some of their guys back maybe from that national tournament or that that national championship team so it was crazy they had their they had their tropical jerseys on they 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 were looking fly that's that's pretty funny and so taking it back to your time at central here i mean who i know you mentioned it earlier with uh the rivalry with hope i mean who are some teams you guys get up for and and maybe are drawing some big crowds for hope is definitely the biggest one they they don't like us we don't like them it's kind of a mutual agreement so we're, we're always up for that game uh adrian's always a big one Saginaw, michigan michigan state we usually draw pretty good for pretty good crowd actually our stadium's pretty small so there's not that much seating in there but we're usually able to get some students up and rowdy and hanging over the glass so they can kind of get the goalies going and stuff definitely our our divisional opponents those are usually the the best games that we could play i mean the north region for acha d3 is it's the best region in, in the entire league i think past nine of ten national champions have come from our region and our league so it's always always very competitive and if you're able to actually get out of the league with with that championship like we've done twice while i've been here you usually got yourself a pretty good chance at making a run at the the national tournament it's always really good games once you get into your league play tell us a little bit more about the home bar you know is it close to the rink and what's the locker room situation like or is it close to campus and what's the locker room situation like yeah so it's only about a two minute drive off campus, which is pretty nice for now. You know, some, some teams got to travel 45, 50 minutes to get to their rink. So it's kind of nice. We can 
get up and make make the trip real quick. Don't have a locker room there. We actually have a we have a storage room in the back where we can leave our bags and stick. So it's nice that so, you know the guys in the, in the dorms don't have to go and stink up their their floors. I know they have they have some pretty cool stories of you know stinking up the floors and the RAs coming in, telling them they gotta they, they gotta get their stuff out. But the, the rink's definitely gotten better. I know my. My freshman year, we, we didn't have any storage room at all. They pretty, you know, you, you had to take your water bottles, pucks in and out of practice. I had to leave my, I left my bag in my car because my RA got out of me about the smell. So, you know, this, you, know you got some frozen equipment sometimes. You got to find ways to air it out. We, we'd buy some little space heaters and just try and warm our equipment up before we'd get on the ice. So You mentioned getting some, some good crowds. Are you guys doing any theme nights or just people love CMU hockey? I think I think the biggest thing is we we've we've just grown our program more across campus. You know, when when I came in my freshman year, no one really knew that we had a hockey team, let alone two. It's kind of been nice. We we've been seeing way way more students. I think the biggest thing is kind of word of mouth. You know, you, you kind of go and advertise your games across. We have a phenomenal social media team too. I think Central's one. They're known for broadcasting communication. So we've been able to bring in some some really good talent through that. They, they create some great content for us. We also have a deal signed with one of the, the big bars in Mount Pleasant, O'Kelly's, where they stream all of our games as well. So if students aren't, aren't willing to go to the rink and, and freeze for a couple hours, they can, uh, they, they can go to the bar and watch. That's all. I mean, that's something I've been trying to get done at Syracuse is get our, our games broadcasted at one of the on-campus bars. So I love hearing that. Touching on, on the social media a bit, I mean, you guys have great photos too. Like, what's that like being able to have all these access to the, the photos and, and who's taking them? Yeah. So, so Tristan's our photographer. I mean, he, he does, he does an amazing job. I mean, it, he comes there, you know, comes to practices every game. He travels with us on the bus. I mean, just, just a great overall guy to be around. He's created some great content for us. Definitely makes us look good on, on the gram and on Facebook. So he, he, he does a phenomenal job. We're, we're very lucky to have. This is literally like a spitting image of Indiana because the D2 team that I played on, we were just people didn't even know we existed, but the D3 team was just all over. Like their jerseys are being sold in stores and stuff, and they're getting all the attention. Like we touched on the social media. What do you attribute, you know, that to it's at Central there? Um, you know, I, I would definitely, our, our social media guy, his name is Joe. He does, he does an amazing job as well. I think he was working for, he's, I think his dad worked for Bally Sports. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's been around the rink for a while and um, he, he loves doing TikToks and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy seeing some of the stuff that he does and some of the videos that he posts after, you know, a big win for us where he's just getting clips out of movies, kind of Photoshopping some of our guys' faces and it, it, it's, it's awesome. And we, he surprises us to be honest with you guys. Like we, we don't, we don't even see some of this stuff coming and then all of a sudden, boom, look, look at what Joe's posted now. Look, look at this. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's awesome. He, he has a great job. He has a great time doing it. So, I mean, that, that's, that's the most important thing is that he's having fun. You know, he, he likes being around the guys. We like him being around us. So, I mean, he, he's incredible. One of my favorite pieces of content that I saw was after you guys beat Calvin, if I'm correct, when you guys had the Bud Knight clip of uh, the Calvin guy just getting punched off of the the clip. That gave me a good laugh. That was one of the one of the introductions I had to to CMU Social, in addition to to sharing all of Tristan's stuff. So believe me, I, I've kept a solid eye on you guys. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's crazy. Like seeing some of these videos that he posts. I think I think he had a good one for. Davenport too it's just like our first weekend and that was kind of where he like implemented those and we were like okay this is this might be a common theme so I mean it, it kind of pumps us up to keep getting those sweeps because who knows who knows what else he's going to post you know so for the calendar invite for this interview you put the note embezzlement from a former head coach can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so that was actually my sophomore year which was uh 2017 and we had a really good team that year that was that was the run where we lost to Hope in the in the national semis. But I mean, I think the the biggest thing for us is that we we were winning so much. Like I think we went thirty six and six that year, or something like that. You just never you never really think about that, you know. And we we were getting we were getting new attire throughout the year. We got bags, new new sticks. At one point, we were just like, "Where's all this money coming from?" You know, like we hadn't had any big sponsorships, donations, anything like that. You had the thought lingering in you, but at the I mean, you were winning, so at the end of the day, you did, didn't didn't really think anything of it. And then I was it was probably like halfway through the summer. We had a prospect skate in Bright, just right by my house in Novi, and uh, our coach was there. And that the next day, we we got we all got messages from saying that he was 
leaving to go to Adrian, which we were kind of surprised by because we, we had beaten them pretty well earlier in the year. So we understood maybe that he was getting paid a little bit more and that it's probably about two days later we got we got all these emails from from our university saying you guys have all these outstanding balances due and we were just like we you know we we had thought we had gotten it paid. So I think I think the total came out to around like twenty eight thousand dollars, which really, really hurt the hurt the program. I mean, that that pretty much just puts a damper on you. Know, we we had a lot of good stuff going for us. We had to take a few few steps back. I mean, we had we had a student as our coach, Ryan Morris, who and he he did an excellent job. He definitely saved the program. You know, coming in and you know t- taking one for the team almost. You know, while while we didn't have the best year, we we were able to keep all those same guys. We made that run the, the following year, which was 2020, when COVID hit. We we thought we had something special going, and uh, the coolest thing that I can say is all the guys stayed in it. I think a lot of other programs, when something like that happens, it might have just kind of stopped them right there. But we we you know, we love our hockey, and we love our school, and we love each other more than anything. So that was that was the biggest thing. Was I was I was happy that we were able to keep all the families together and uh, get out of it. So. Well, let's rewind there for a second. So who stepped up to become the coach after he left? So it was actually our assistant coach during the year. He he was a player on the team during the year that had some injuries decided maybe he'd get into coaching. So he was only, I mean, he was an assistant coach for three quarters of the year before. And we, we didn't have enough money to go out and hire some guy, you know, 15, 20 K. So he kind of, he kind of stepped up and said, Hey, you guys need a coach. And I have a little bit of experience. I think the, I think the Acha might've gave him a little bit of a deal where he didn't have to have that certain level coaching. Um, but I think he had like a level one or level two and you know, take it, take it for what it is. I mean, he, he did a great job with us. He, he kept it going. Uh, we, we would not be here today if it wasn't for him. Well, I mean, that's an awesome story. I mean, that's, that's, that's what makes the ACHA so great is these little, little kind of Cinderella stories. I mean, it's unfortunate why he had to step into that role, but I mean, that, we talked about the Chicklets cup earlier. I mean, it sounds like the old head coach pulled a biz when he saw the dinner bill coming out and just went to the bathroom and. And said he he was peacing. Yeah, I mean that that was that was pretty much it. We we think he kind of figured out that that he was going to get caught. I think it was actually our goalie coach that reached out to Adrian College. It was just like, um, you know, I, th- I think it was because he didn't get paid his salary during the year that 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 was like they were agreed upon. So he kind of called them and said, hey, you know, maybe something to think about. And then all of a sudden, all, all these outstanding balances come out. Like we had pro shops that we had never even heard of. They wanted four or five grand. The referees weren't paid. I mean, it was it was just crazy. And I, I thought for sure that when the referees weren't getting paid, they would have stepped up and maybe said something, you know, but kept kind of kept silent on it. And it, I mean, it, it just it got out of control. And then it got 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 to the point where I think he was just trying to find find his way out of it. Luckily, he got caught and we've been we've been getting paid back in increments for the past couple of years. They'll still be getting money four or five years from now. So, I mean, it definitely Definitely sucks for our program and uh, it, it hurt us for for a very long time. But the biggest thing is the the families, the, the players on the team. They've been able to stay in it and try and make the best out of it. So. We touched on a little bit how how the travel is very light in the league that you guys play in. Uh, any big road trips that you've gone on in your time at Central, and, and what are some memories you took away from those? Yeah, I mean the I think the biggest road trip we've taken is Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, we'll fly down there, which is pretty cool because I've never. I never flew for hockey growing up. I'd always drive everywhere. My parents aren't the biggest flyers. So even for like roller hockey, we'd be driving down to Fort Myers once a year. And that, that was a nice 21 hour roadie. But I mean, besides that, we've gone to Aurora a couple times. Uh, we've gone down to Indiana, played their D3 team a couple times. That That's like a five hour road trip for us. So I mean, but besides that, everything's about two hours away from Central. Grand Rapids, hour and a half. Metro Detroit area, two hours. Uh, I think our farthest roadies hope they're Holland, which is about half an hour farther west than Grand Rapids, right on Lake Michigan. So that that's probably about two and a half hours in state for us by bus. Besides that, everything's really close. It's pretty cool. You, you know pretty much all the players on all the teams because everyone played high school hockey or at least youth hockey in Michigan. So it, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds like pretty light bus trips. Are we even packing movies on these things? Honestly, no, we, we, we don't, we don't really watch movies on the bus. So we, we, we like to watch some of like the action movies, but we got, we got some guys, well, one in particular, Justin McComas, he, uh, he, he's, he's an old guy like me too. And he's not whole big into the whole blood scenes and stuff like that. So we, we kind of got to watch what movies we, we put on for him. But besides that, usually we'll, we'll just kind of play some music or play some euchre, poke around the bus and, um, you know, just, just kind of chat. A lot of guys are doing homework too. I was, I was usually doing homework on the bus on the way there. 
kind of hanging out and having fun on the way back. Got to be careful. You don't put on Saving Private Ryan. He'll be passed out in the back. Yeah, exactly. I think I think we tried putting on Lone Survivor once. And got about 15 minutes in and that that was it for him. So he, we had to turn it off and haven't had any movies like that on since. I was going to say, or God forbid, Slapshot gets put on. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Who are some of the uh, guys in the locker room that are just, they, they keep things light and, you know, you're, you're always laughing when you're around them? For sure. I, w- I would say uh, Keegan Moore. He's a junior on our team this year. He's he's kind of like the the team clown. We'll have practice at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays. We'll, we'll get we'll walk in around 6.30. He's screaming in the locker room, trying to wake everyone up and you don't even know if the kid sleeps half the time, honestly, but that, that's a, that's a great guy to have in the locker room, a, a great teammate for sure. I mean, he, he's, he's worked his butt off to get to where he's at in the lineup. We're in a close game. He'll try and keep things light. If we go into overtime, you know, we'll try and crack a joke just so we're not, we're not too serious or kind of stand on, on our feet. What's been uh, your favorite memory so far at your, with your career at, at CMU? I, I think for sure probably the the 2020 Vezina Cup win over Hope at that their place. I mean, it was it was just kind of like a, a magical year. Our team kind of got hot at the right time. So I mean, that was that was the first time that I think I've ever won something as as the captain of a team personally. Um, I was the captain at Novi my senior year, and we were never we were never able to win anything. So I was kind of thinking about that personally, trying to get over that hump, and it was just a huge huge relief when we were able to go and lift that cup together as a team, especially in a hostile environment like Hope too, with probably about 95% being their fans. We got our parents and some of our close friends that came. It was just an overall, it was a great night for, for our old program. That was a huge one. I can't believe we made it this far without me asking. I meant to put it on the sheet here as the questions, and our style expert is Fitz because he had brutal style in high school. But I, I got to ask about the cage selection here. That's a bold move going with, with the chrome cage. And, and usually the, the, we save those for some European guys, but being from Michigan, what's what's the, the style choice there? It's actually funny. That that stems from roller hockey. I think we were probably, I was probably like a senior in high school, and we were playing in this, uh, it's called the State Wars hockey tournament. And we were playing this team from Alberta every single one of these guys had chrome cages on and I thought I thought it was the coolest thing in the world I mean they're coming down you really can't see their face you're pretty much blinded so I'm thinking you know maybe I'll try that out and honestly it's worked out pretty well I mean I I like it you know, if guys are chirping my cage, they can't be chirping my play. I've got guys will get distracted by it. They'll be coming up to me like, dude, why, why do you have that cage on? They'll be like, you're blinding me. I'll go, well, that, that, that's the point, <laughs> you know? And my mom got it for me for Christmas one year. I got, I got, I got to respect the mom and uh, I have had it on since probably my sophomore year. So it's, it's been rocking. It's kind of an icon now. And we actually, we actually just got another guy, our other captain, Keelan Baker. He actually just put a chrome cage on too, about two weeks ago and he loves it now. So I'm hoping that maybe we can get a trend going and look like that Alberta team. This is what I love to hear. I've been waiting for a guest like you to come on, Brennan. We're both from Novi. I knew there was a special connection right when I saw that. Well, I, th- I just think it's hilarious because like we, we book these interviews and we've been following, you know, the ACHA with a magnifying glass for the past you know year and a half. And like we talked about Tristan's photos, there's so many great photos and it's like every CMU picture, there's this captain, he's wearing the chrome cage. Like, who is this guy? Like, he's just literally, he's rocking it. He's in every photo wearing the chrome cage. And then sure enough, today I'm going to do the research for tonight's interview. And it's like, oh, God, oh, we're interviewing Brennan. Like, he's the guy with the chrome cage. We're going to have to ask him about it. Yeah, I think I think it's just going to – no one really thinks it's like the big style game. I mean, I, I think it's style personally. I, I think it's a, I think it's a different look, and I, I think I think it looks good on me. And pictures definitely help, and they, I definitely get some funny comments on some of the photos from some of my buddies back home about it. So it's uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I said, like I, I would look at you in warmups and probably think about chirping you. But then if I found out, you know, that you were going to put up two goals and assists and then go play for Team USA over the summer, I probably wouldn't say anything. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all it's all fun and games like the, the chirps come pretty much every game for the cage. And it's it's been like that for about three years now. And luckily, my own teammates, they, they they've stopped a little bit on it. At first, when I put it on, there were still some older guys in the team and they they were like, what in the world? doing but i mean it, it just, it's just kind of it's kind of my thing now it's kind of my, my little icon all right well we'll stick with the theme of style to wrap it up here you've worn a number of different jerseys in your time at central and and i know you guys have got some new threads with rebirth what's your favorite jersey that you've worn at central i mean yeah there, there's been there's been so many just because of the embezzlement we had to get some like roller hockey style jerseys but 
Um, I would say for sure my, our whites that we wore my my freshman and sophomore year, those look pretty clean. And then the maroon ones we got this year, I, I really like those. We were There was a lot of talk about what, what kind of style we wanted to go with. And I, I brought up the idea of kind of doing the central number Michigan look, kind of like Ohio State's NCAA team has. I just think it looks professional, kind of aligns up with our varsity sports, our football and basketball teams. So I think I think it's pretty cool. Kind of makes us look a bit more reputable too. So Brennan, thank you so much for coming on. Love, love hearing your story here and uh we wish you the best of luck the rest of the way this season yeah thanks so much for having me on guys uh we really appreciate what you guys are doing growing the brand of the acha i mean it's it's a great alternative that not a lot of hockey players still know about and you guys really differentiate the whole stigma of club hockey and kind of what how good the acha is how many good players they have too so you guys are doing a great job keep it up thank you once again, thank you to Brendan Martin for joining the show this week. That interview was presented by Optimex Sports. Love talking to Brendan. I, I remember when we did that interview a while back, kind of leading into the holiday break, but awesome guy to talk to. He just had some really cool stories about growing up in Michigan and, and going to CMU. So we wish him nothing but the best of luck in the future. And, and thank you for coming on and sharing your stories because I think it, it provides a really cool perspective. You know, a lot of guys playing the ACHA don't realize that there is an all-star team. And unfortunately, it doesn't really happen that often anymore more but a really cool experience for those guys who got to go over season and, and rep the the acha on the front of their jersey so we've talked about it a bunch now we actually talked about it on last week's episode we got the dates wrong uh we kind of jumped the gun once again but louisville kentucky playing a home and home this weekend you know fisticuffs already on twitter both barns are going to be absolutely packed i i think this could go re- really either way i said it last week after I jumped the gun that it was going to be a definitive sweep. After seeing Kentucky on Twitter today, it's going to be a real definitive sweep. No doubt in my mind. Kentucky brought up a good point. Like They pack the place every night and it's going to be even more packed than they're playing Louisville. Louisville really only pack, I mean, they get good crowds and they play in a smaller rink, but they really pack it for this game. I'm actually really excited. I hope I get to see some highlights of this one. I'm going to take a Kentucky sweep. I'm sticking to my answer. All I want to see, and this is a special request for this Kentucky social media team. If you guys either pregame or puck drop play pump it up i just want to see the entire lex rocking that's all we're asking for this week is the single best piece of content we're going to have in the in the month of january is like that place jumping around we want to see that you gotta be careful herm the stands might fall down now I'm fine as long as that song is being played outside the city limits of Syracuse, New York. Herm was there for this. Syracuse a couple weekends ago had a lead going into the third period at, at the War Memorial downtown. Pump It Up comes on. Our guys are going nuts on the bench. Maybe a little too mu- too nuts. Thought we really had the momentum. Well, we look over. Reagan Warts, he's a, he's a good guy on NYU. He played in the Nall for a little bit. You know, really good defenseman. Got like one of the hardest shots I've ever played against. So he got hurt in the first period. The visiting locker room at the War Memorial is like downstairs. So he was sitting in the bleachers by himself. And, and I didn't get a good view of this, but I've heard it secondhand from my older brothers who were there. They said that the turning point in the game was when Pump It Up came on. Reagan was in the crowd with crutches, his foot and ankle propped up on the seat waving his hands to pump it up. And I guess that got the NYU guys all fired up. And then they scored, you know, a bunch of unanswered goals to take home the win. Yeah. So like, you know, I had to tell Anthony Larkin, like, hey, pump it up. Can't be playing that in the locker room anymore. Like, right. We would the pump it up curse is on Syracuse hockey right now. I'm out on that song. I hate it. I can't stand it. But yeah, I guess if we get a cool video from Kentucky, I'm all for it. Another really good matchup, which I think, I mean, it was already the game of the week for us. A little bit different now that they're heading on to Long Island, but we got Liberty versus Stony Brook. The rinks is a tough place to play. It is a weird place to play. I've said it before. The lighting's dim. No Wi-Fi, no cell service. You got the the ice crew out there. They got they turn off the lights. They got the sparklers going. I hope they have the band there. That place gets rocking when they bring the band. I think you know these two teams played it really close down at Liberty. I think uh, Stony Brook has a really good chance to to send a message this weekend on home ice against the Flames. I feel like on this podcast we can't even like we never say anything good about Liberty. So I'm going to have to go with Stony Brook as well. I feel like it would be like against what we're 
known for. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm curious how many Liberty guys listen. I, I feel like I, I've talked a lot about Stony Brook because I've just pl- we've played them four times this year, and I just think you know they've really handed it to us. You know, I'm like, hey, if, if they're gonna hand it to us, they might as well hand it to the other teams in the country. So I'll, I'll ride with the Sea Wolves, especially what they did to Herm's Bobcats last weekend. I'm gonna ride with the Sea Wolves too. I forgot to give him a shout out, but after the game, had a great conversation with Sully, checking in with him. I'm. On the Seawolves train right now, uh, would love to see a Stony Brook sweep. Oh, no, I was going to say, we, we didn't even really touch on it, but um, Sully played great in game two at, at Ohio and, and kind of went three for three in the shootout. They've got a great rookie goalie in Matvey Kozakov, and he played outstanding on, on the first night. And to see that they threw Sully into the fire on Saturday night and, and he got the win for the Seawolves was was happy for him, made sure to give him a shout out. So Fitz, who are you taking this weekend? What was that goalie's name? Matvey Kazakov. That's sick. <laughs> Anyways, I'm taking liberty just so we we can uh you know balance the so we don't get the curse put on us again and we're we're yeah. the ones that that cause Stony Brook to lose. So I'll, I'll I'll be the guy. Okay, take one for the team there. Yeah, that we that's exactly what we don't want on the show. That's integrity right there. A couple more games to watch uh in in North Dakota this weekend involving the Jamestown Jimmies. They traveled to UNLV last weekend and got swept by the Rebels. Uh the Rebels actually jumped up in the rankings because of that. Jamestown stayed put, but Jamestown's going to take on U Mary, which is always a really good matchup. The Jimmies are also going to take on Minot State Outdoors for Hockey Day in North Dakota, which I think is a really good tradition. We talked to Tyson Brower when he came on the show about how that first year they did it, they had to build the rink themselves, and it's a really cool spot. They put it right in the middle of campus, breathtaking views. I think in years past, they've I'm not sure if they did it last year, but the year before that, they played Minot, and it was a blizzard. Like They were legitimately shoveling inches and inches of snow off the ice, and it went to a shootout, and it was a one nothing shoot. I think that shootout went to 12 rounds. Speaking of 12-round shootouts, I believe that was a one nothing shootout win in, in 12 rounds. But yeah, cool to see the North Dakota teams taking it outside. We'll keep an eye on that UMary-Jamestown game, but in terms of the outdoor game, Fitz, who are you going with, Minot State or Jamestown? I'm going with the Jimmies. Big fan of the jerseys and big fan of, of one we had Brower on, so I'll, I'll stick with the Jimmies. Glick, who, who you who you like? I have to agree. I mean, Tyson Brower is a great guest, and I always got to stick with the fellow goalies. I think I'm going to take Minot. I think the last couple times, uh, with the Blizzard game aside, I think they used to play you Mary a couple times in this outdoor game, and they didn't seem to have their number. I think it's tough. You know, a lot of the, we talk about the Winter Classic, and the home team usually struggles in the outdoor games because there's so much pressure. You're you're playing a home environment. You got your family there. I think you know it's one of those things. I think the the Beavers are rolling in, and they don't really care. So I think the Beavers get the W this weekend. And Herm, as always, we're going to be looking for some great photos. Hopefully, we can get a snowfall. That'd be really sick. Please, please, please. Please send those my way. I mentioned it a little bit earlier on the show, but it's cool when when teams get together and do these showcases. But Miami is hosting a men's D2 showcase with Miami, Ohio, Cincinnati, Michigan State, Liberty, Florida Gulf Coast, Sioux College, Davenport, and Lindenwood. So some of the top teams in men's Division II heading to Miami, Ohio. Uh, that's a gorgeous rink to play at, too, Fitz. I think we've, we've mentioned that a couple times, right? Yeah, it was always fun going down there and getting our butts kicked by them. A lot of fun. We mentioned this team already, but one of the biggest games of the year for South Carolina is when they get to play in-state rival Clemson. Uh, this time they are heading to the Tigers. Clemson's going to play host in round two here. I know there was a, a chip on their shoulder the last time they played because Clemson was uh, making some uh, changes and you know, leadership and coaching staff. Interesting to see what will happen here in round two, but I, I think it's hard to, to bet against the Gamecocks in a game like this. Fire away, Herm. All right, Gorms, I know you're listening, so you can put this in whatever hype video you're making for the boys. The Gamecocks are going to walk into Clemson and stomp the shit out of them. It is going to be a slaughter, and I'm here for it. Wow, wow. I hope the Clemson team plays that clip in their locker room before the game, too. Let's just get everybody listening to the Hockey House pod. Yeah, if Clemson wins, that might be the world's biggest Hockey House dump of all time. Hey everyone, Herm here. Turns out that the biggest hockey house dump of all was even making a prediction, as this game unfortunately was cancelled. Take it away, excited Murph. No worries, we're just going to move on. We'll just move on to the next game. Another good matchup, ACC rivalry. We were talking about, you know, 
power five conference and in, in NCAA hockey, what would that look like? Well, you can get a preview of it. We got NC state taking on Virginia tech state swept Louisville last weekend. So I, I think they should have no problem with Virginia tech. And then another division two game with some playoff implications. We got DePaul taking on Concordia. Nice little division rivalry there. A really good matchup in men's three hope college taking on grand Valley state university. Hope is 19 and 0 GVSU 18 and 1. The Flying Dutchman, the reigning national champions, have not lost since the tournament last season and, and even going into the tournament. This is going to be a, a really exciting game, and I, I'm not even sure if I know who's going to win. I believe in the Grand Valley boys. We played their D2 team a couple times, and they had some some nasty dudes. So stick with the Michigan boys. All right, you're taking Grand Valley. I think maybe maybe I'll take Grand Valley too because of the the e bug a couple weeks ago was it was a Grand Valley State guy. So I guess we'll ride that train. They also had a pretty good hype video, but I think uh, if you're Hope College, I think it's a nice test before you you get into like I mentioned national tournaments around the corner, and so you, you want to get tested now before you, you get down to those games in St. Louis, and then you know wrapping up with some games to watch. Mentioned Air Force earlier; they're taking on the Colorado School of Mines. It's a nice little in state rivalry in the state of Colorado and then uh, shout out to our boys at East Carolina their opponent could not travel to ECU this weekend so the boys are going to do a nice inner squad scrimmage black versus white so we'll give them a shout out for the boys you know they reached out and, and were looking for an opponent but ultimately could not one find one on such short notice this weekend so I hope they battle it out in a nice inner squad scrimmage and you know maybe get some fans in the building and and put on a good show I just realized Hope College is also from Michigan, and I said Michigan boys. Whoops. Another in-state game. No worries. You shouldn't have to worry at all, Fitzy, because I know you, you got everything going so far in 2022 with your New Year's resolution. Cheers to 2022 and the resolutions you can actually keep. And how about upgrading your grooming routine for the new year? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use code HockeyHouse. For 20% off with free shipping. It's a new year, new me with the global leaders in male grooming. This year, take your grooming to the next level with their performance package 4.0 and brand new ultra premium body wash. Inside the performance package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0 designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks all over. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight. They'll shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be cheers to grooming with the best in 2022 get 20% off and free shipping with the code hockey house at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code hockey house love it i mean the manscape razor the 4-0 it really does not get better than that you know just talking to the locker room somebody mentioned they got one i was like oh hey hockey house code you know use it come on boys hop on the train here you got to look the best to be the best and it starts with manscape so be sure to use that offer promo code hockey house no space there 20 percent off free shipping and speaking about looking the best fitzy we got to bounce it over to you real quick because you guys had the uh the lupo speedy night how much did your jersey wind up going for do you know the the, the final tally i don't even know it. i never went back and checked oh we gotta look that up i'm looking and it looks like they pulled the information down already we gotta i guess you gotta do some digging at the front office and see how much it, it wound up going for let, let me i'll text someone right now no they actually sent it up to toronto and put it in the hall of fame nobody got to take it home some poor kid was like crying in the stands because they're like no nah, we gotta ship this one up north it's going in the hall of fame 210 dollars Woo! Hey, Woo. not bad. Let's nice. go. Do you, do you get like a couple extra meal stipends for, with that money? I, I hope so. We're we're hurting out here. I'm paying. I'm paying for buses that break down. I'm I'm paying for at the vending machine at the rest stop. That's my breakfast. That's my dinner. It's it's a hard life out here. We're just grinding. The scene in Moneyball. They're like, you got to pay for the soda here, and they're like, yeah, welcome to Oakland. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I'm just now realizing that our dinner at TGI Fridays was basically like a five star steakhouse essentially yeah that was a special night <laughs> uh i mean speaking of special nights the the liberty flames women's division one team had a pretty special weekend uh they took down uri 13 to nothing and 10 to nothing for our blowout of the week well i guess we'll, we'll just kind of head to the question of the week I, I noticed a couple teams uh 
New Mexico, the Lobos are kind of hopping on the train and prepping for nationals and starting their fundraising campaigns. I think it's pretty popular this time of year for teams that know that they're going to be have a spot in the national tournament to start fundraising because, you know, it's usually about $15,000, $10,000, anywhere in that ballpark for those teams that need the funding. And I was just curious, I wanted to know what's like the, the most creative hockey fundraiser that you guys have either been a part of or seen. I'll kick things off to maybe give you guys some time to come up with an answer, but my high school team back in the day we used to do a duck derby race so it was kind of like a raffle ticket but instead of a ticket you got a number on a duck and we would go to the covered bridge in the Saco river and they would dump all the ducks and then they'd float down the river and then the winning duck the duck that finished in first place would win a prize it was a really good fundraiser we actually we had to kind of had to stop doing it my you know junior and senior year just because it was getting too much to to handle but uh when i was a freshman it was a pretty good operation lots of ducks flowing down the river so the duck derby was my most unique hockey fundraiser i don't know glick if if you've had anything similar and maybe wackiness i wouldn't quite say like similar and wackiness but at temple we started this year shout out to our fundraising chair alex maglio he came up we're just gonna we just did a 50 50 uh, at all whole games it's classic it's great kind of gives some of the rookies something to do rather than just sitting in the stands while we're selling tickets they ask you would you know do you want to pay a dollar for two tickets for 50 50 five for ten and you know it, it's really hard for people to say no so we do end up raising a lot of good money that way I would say too, we, we did a 50-50 raffle too. A lot of people, a good thing to do is I know a lot of teams always have fans asking for jerseys and it, it, as a club sport, it is really hard to sell jerseys because you got to get them made. You like I, I, We went through the process of Syracuse and getting fan jerseys and it was just kind of a nightmare. It's so much work and if you can get a couple extra jerseys with your jersey order that you do every year, raffle those off at the games and then you end up selling a jersey for way more and, and you get a little pocket money for the program. We did that at the Pump It Up game. And uh, we made a decent amount of money raffling off an, an orange road jersey. We were actually thinking of doing that because um, at practice on Tuesday, a trash bag appeared with a bunch of old like Temple hockey stuff. And at the bottom was a bunch of old jerseys. So we're thinking of selling them and being like game worn. Sorry about the smell, but yeah, it's an authentic 2009 Temple hockey jersey. That's great. Fitz, what were the boys at IU doing to, for fundraisers or maybe even back in high school? We weren't doing anything. I've, I've been sitting here trying to think. The best I could come up with is like, Chuckapuck, which are just like fundraising throughout the year. But I also like came up with an idea while I was listening to you guys. I think a car wash would be unreal. And you got to go like everyone's got to go full speedo. They got to just embrace it and completely commit to the whole thing. I think it would be absolutely unreal. Well, we were bouncing ideas off of each other, too. And uh, we were talking about Ted Lasso. And in Ted Lasso, you can win a night with the players. And so we were saying that, you know, a club hockey team, you know, maybe that would be a, a nice deal if you could maybe partner with like Bumble or Hinge or Tinder and do a night with the, win a night with the players. I've heard stories of in the Fed guys got like basically auctioned off for the night and they had to go on a date with whoever, whoever bid the most. So it's been done before. Can we get some specifics on? Yeah, just a date night in, in, in bingo. I, I think they just go to the restaurant with whoever, whoever bids the most money, but I have not been a part of this yet, thankfully. The poor guys in the fed are like hey you mind if we split the bill like don't <laughs> they're like my per diem i ran out of a per diem like you mind if we split the check seriously, seriously. They're like, I, I just paid 200 dollars to have dinner with you and i gotta pay there goes my paycheck for the week dinner on one night well fitzy who do, who do you guys have this weekend uh we have delaware on friday and danbury again saturday Nice. We're uh, we're going on the road to play URI, which is always good because we got so many guys from the Boston area on our team. So it's a nice little homecoming for them. They get to see their their families, and that, that's always a fun trip for us. Glick, what about the Owls? Are they getting back on the ice? Yeah, we got a home game against Navy, so that's definitely gonna be a really exciting game. We're just excited to get our spring semester going. Awesome. And then Herm, what are you looking forward to? Well, we got Stony Brook Liberty coming up this weekend, and the Bobcats are on the road versus Iowa State for another tough. CSCHL matchup. They've got a whole stretch of, they've got Iowa State this weekend, and then I believe Lindenwood at home next. So uh, out of the frying pan and into the fire, basically. We're looking forward to another exciting week of hockey and maybe some more Twitter beefs to keep us entertained along the way. But once again, thank you to, for listening, and, and we hope to see you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks, boys. See you, boys.